stops for exclusive interviews. We're joined by uh, UCO head coach Nick Norman. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to us today. You know, the, the, the number one thing is you, we, we, we have core values that we, we believe in very much here, here at UCO. Number one is trust. We are joined by University of Central Oklahoma Safety, uh, O'Shea Harris, who was recently named second team All-American this week. O'Shea, thank you for taking the time to talk to us. It shows that all the hard work I've been putting in over the last couple years finally paid off. I went from my registered freshman year feeling like I should play, but I wasn't quite ready to just work and do whatever I could in the summertime in the weight room, taking everything serious, and then it all finally paying off. I just... Jonathan Goodo, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth, and ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, we are back talking UCO football. I, I, I don't know about you, I am overjoyed, I, 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 my soul is happy once again, we'll be back, uh, full 11 game season, kicking off September 2nd inside Wantland Stadium, 7 p.m., against Missouri Western, and I cannot wait. Last week, I, I, I had the pleasure, as it always is, of uh, talking to head coach Nick Bobek uh, before the start of fall camp, which I believe is going on currently, and it was a great interview. I was able to catch up with Coach for the first time in quite some time, and he spent about an hour with me here going down the roster position by position. And so it, it is a, it is a, a, a jam-packed, jam-packed uh, podcast episode for you at the end. I will share my thoughts. Um, but uh, overall, I'm, I'm excited for it. And so without further ado, here is my interview with Head Coach Bobek and, and, and before the start of 2021, football season. I'm joined by University of Central Oklahoma head coach Nick Bobek. Coach, thank you for taking the time to talk to me today. Um, I first wanted to ask you about the challenges of 2020 because obviously there was thought of a season then, no championships, and then the season was canceled. So just how were you, how were you able, what was that experience like and were there any lessons you were able to take away from that? Yeah, I, mean, I think it's a great question, and I think that we were uh, obviously we weren't startled necessarily because we kind of had had a feeling that it was coming. Um, the MIAA had had kind of tipped its hand a little bit that that's that's the direction, and you had seen several conferences at the Division Two level, the FCS level, and then also you know at the Division One FBS level had had canceled. Uh, already, and some of those were just school choice. Some of those were conference choice. 
but we had a pretty good idea it was coming. We, we, we got a little bit worried about that right there in the middle of July. Um, but at the end of the day, we went ahead and reported. It, it the, the, the plug was pulled actually right there when we were reporting, right there around the same time that we were reporting for camp. We went ahead and brought our guys in and got everybody started and so forth. Um, you know, then we were delayed um, with how long we could go or how long until we could actually start practicing and, and so forth. And that was a university decision because of uh, uh, county guidelines and, and so forth. But um, at the end of the day, I, I mean, there was there's blessings in everything. Obviously, there was great disappointment. When all that stuff took place, we, we knew there was going to be a cleansing process that was going to take place. There was going to be some cleansing within the uh, within our roster. There was going to be some cleansing within the coaching profession. And um, I think that all of that took place, um, some some positive, some not so positive. But it, it I think that it was, at the end of the day, there was, there was some blessings in it. And I think that what the greatest blessing was is that it showed the perseverance um, of the student-athletes that we have within our football program and exhibited the character of the student-athletes that we have within our football program, the way that they went about their business. Um, they showed up, you know, every day. We, we had two great academic semesters. Our guys really handled their business in the classroom. Uh, then we, we got bigger, faster, and stronger. I mean, well, the thing that's odd is you look at our roster and we've got a lot of freshmen on our roster. Well... Those aren't typical freshmen. I mean, you got COVID freshmen in there that are, are guys that are they're in their third year in college but are still labeled as freshmen. Um, so those guys have been in the program now for two years. They've been in competitive, uh, you know, environments on in practice. They've been in competitive environments in scrimmages. They've been in competitive environments one time against another opponent this past spring. So, um, I mean, I think – I mean, at the end of the day, I think our football team handled it really well. It was disappointing at the time. It was disappointing to watch other people be able to play, and we weren't able to play. But Dante McGee said something at media day that I thought was really good. It, um, just he mentioned that it, 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 it made you really evaluate why you play football. Football's different than every other sport. We, we get at the Division II level 11 guaranteed games. Um, you're an average game is about three hours. So you're playing football 33 hours in a year. The rest of the time, you're in the classroom, you're in meetings, you're in the weight room, you're conditioning, you're doing all of these other things other than playing football. And, uh, you know, it really made you evaluate how much do I love playing football? Is this really what I'm, you know, what I'm built to do? And, I think that, that that created a little bit of that cleansing process and, and uh, guys like guys like Dante McGee, guys like Jason Harris, guys that came through that on the other side and are better for it, uh, I think that, that you're going to see that on the football field. Um, you're going to see that in, in the performance um, this, this fall. Obviously, there will be some rust for everybody. Every football team is going to have some rust. Nobody played a full season uh, in our conference, the people that we play. There were some people that played four games. Uh, at the most, a couple of them played two and so forth. But I mean, that's not you know that's not a significant amount, and that's not enough to really create a separation necessarily. So um, at the end of the day, we're excited that that we're, we feel like we're going to be able to have a full season. Uh, hopefully, we can limit the interruptions and and uh, with the protocols and so forth that are going to be put forth, and uh, we can manage that stuff the best we can. And 
uh, coming out of the, you know, I think that the pieces of it coming out of out of COVID and how we handled 2020 will will reflect in how we handle 2021. Uh, now you mentioned the the, the, the number of freshmen. Um, often I having a season last year. How did that affect recruiting from the standpoint of kind of figuring out needs and the different it was from not seeing guys in a full eleven game schedule to kind of you know evaluate other areas where you might need to improve? How how did that uh, if it if 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 at all uh, affect how you approach recruiting this past season? That didn't necessarily affect how we how we approached recruiting. What we normally are going to recruit to a number on a on a uh, an analysis sheet. So I have a certain number of guys that I would like to have on the defensive at the defensive tackle position. A certain number of guys that I'd like to have at the inside linebacker blacker inside linebacker position. Certain number of guys that I would like to have at the strong safety outside corner. All those type of things. You know, we we have numbers set and we try to reach those numbers now. This year was an odd year because we were able to get out. We signed a large class. Um, we were able to get out and see more high school football than we normally get to see. Uh, so we, that helped us in our evaluations, and we, and we found kids that we really liked. And uh, the other piece of it, there was some other, other schools that weren't recruiting um, the number of kids that they would normally recruit. Uh, so that helped us as well. Um, we'll obviously have some of that stuff, you know, happen on the back end. That we'll have to have to adjust the number of kids that we sign within this class. But I mean, at the end of the day, it, it, it helped us in recruiting because um, we were able to see more kids. It, the biggest thing for us in evaluations is making in-person evaluations, seeing kids, seeing their body types, seeing how they move in person, see how they compete within a game atmosphere. That was a big deal to us, and so uh, it wasn't necessarily the the you know the, the 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 evaluation of our own players hurt us. It was more that the evaluation of the high school players helped us. Um, now with the, with the two full class now, you got numbers wise now. It's probably more than it's been in a while. How important, just given the, the injury issues we've seen the past couple of seasons. Um, how important is it now that you kind of have bigger numbers and how you can develop that depth moving forward? Yeah, that, that was one of the blessings, honestly, within within COVID is the is the way that the roster was able to move. And uh, we signed large classes in the last two years. Um, and then the ability to keep a lot of those guys from the uh, the – 2019 class uh, was a was a positive thing as well. So, um, you know, the roster being larger is going to help. Um, it creates competition, uh, especially with as many guys as we've had in the program for as long as they've been in the program. Uh, they don't necessarily have game experience, but they've got multiple semesters and some of them multiple years within the program. Uh, so that that allows them to come in and compete right now. And so I'm, I'm excited about that. And the larger roster, that helps in, in creating competition. It is, I think when you have more competition at positions, at the end of the day, what we have as coaches, what we have over the kids is, you know, playing time. You know, this is how we want it done. The guy that does this the best is going to be able to play. And it, 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 it eliminates a little bit of the 
uh, the pull and the tug on on guys that maybe don't want to do it right. Um, you had one scrimmage game against Southern Nazarene. You came from behind to win. Uh, what did you see from the team in that performance? Uh, we got out of it what we wanted to get out of it. Uh, we wanted to get everybody reps. Um, this is going to sound like a very, very political comment, and you know, very dry and and so forth. But it is what it is. We we didn't we went into it. You know, we didn't game plan it. We just went into the football game and 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 played football. We wanted to see how guys handled situations. We wanted to see multiple guys because we didn't get to play twenty twenty. We wanted to see guys compete in a live situation against outside competition. That was the most important evaluation that we had within within that game. Guys that played in the first couple quarters, you know, guys we knew. You know, Dante McGee was on a rep count. You know, guys like that. We put a lot of those kids on rep counts. We played every you know every player that we had on the sideline, and we got to see who would compete and who would not compete. You know, who shied away from it and who didn't. And that was a big deal to us. That was more important than what took place on the scoreboard. Obviously, when we got, you know, we turned the football over, we looked like a football team that hadn't played in a long time, and there were some ugly pieces to the to the game. And and it is what it is. We 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 know that, that those are also things that are great teaching moments. Uh, you you turn the football over, and you still found a way to win a football game. So there's some competitive pieces to that. Um, and uh, I think that our, our kids can learn from that and can grow from that. But it also shows, hey, if you turn the football over and uh, you, can, you can put people in a position that, to lose games that necessarily shouldn't lose. So I think that's, that was an important piece to it as well. Um, on top of the players, you, you've had some, uh, some changes co- coaching-wise. You brought in a couple of new coaches, Coach, Coach Green, uh, Coach Neelis, Coach Sanders, Coach Rice, among others. What was it about those guys that uh, you believe makes them a good fit for your program? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'd had a lot of stability within our staff over the over the years. You know, guys that have been uh, within our staff for uh, for a long, long time. You know, Jason Smelser, Russ Pickett, Tyler Holland, Christian Hood. You know, all those guys had been within our staff for a really long time, and. Um, you know, with with a piece of you know COVID, you know COVID wasn't necessarily the reason that those guys those guys moved on. Is a lot of them made the decision before 2019 was over that they were they were going to get out of the coaching profession or move into a different you know uh, walk of life, which is which is understandable. And um, I think that that's one of the things that we we're, we battle a little bit here. Um, so it created some instability. Uh, and, but that's also where one of the blessings of 2020 was, is that I think there's blessings in everything, and it allowed our staff to 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 mesh. It really allowed our guys to hey, understand who where our weaknesses are, where our strengths are. That was the other thing that we talked about within our within that scrimmage game against uh, SNU is that we needed practice, we needed game day practice, you know, substitutions, communication over the headsets. You know how that how all of that stuff happens uh, is really really important. So we did all of that, and and I think these guys. I, I really like our football staff. I like our coaching staff. Um, they're good people. I think that's the number one thing that I uh, that I look for in in coaches is they they're good people number one. So of high character, but then they have they're also smart people. Um, I think so much of coaching that's overlooked is. You know, finding ways to get things done. I think you know we as coaches are engineers, really, and that means we're problem solvers. 
you know, what the, what we have to do is we're we're balancing a lot of different balls in the air. We're juggling a lot of different balls as, as college football coaches. But it's also your your roster and the way that we recruit and recruiting almost exclusively Oklahoma high school kids is that it you can't necessarily be an individual that just recruits to to a scheme. That you have to take the best players available in the state of Oklahoma, and that means you as a coach have to adjust. So smart people are of a priority uh, within within what we do on our on our staff, and you know. We're not of the philosophy. We're we're a player driven. We we think it's players first, and then you know offensively it's players first. It's formations, and then it's scheme. Okay, so we don't we don't necessarily think that the plays that we're running are the of the utmost importance. It comes back to what can the kid do? Don't run a square peg in a round hole. Allow the young man to 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 play to his strengths, and I think that's a part of our job as coaches is 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 evaluating talent and understanding what a kid does well and what a kid doesn't do well. Uh, I believe that if you try to make a kid do something that's not naturally within his skill set, you're only getting about 66% of the kid. You know, if you're, you're allowing the person to play within his skill set, you're going to allow that kid to grow. You're going to allow him to become something maybe that you didn't think he could be at the end of the day too. So I, I, that's the way that we look at it. So I think that's a priority. I believe that all of those guys fit that mold. Um, all the new coaches that we've got on our staff, and they fit they they fit me um, as well from a from a, from a philosophy standpoint as well. So I I let coaches coach. Um, I don't I'm not a I'm not a micromanager by any by any means, you know. But they're they're all good people that kind of and that's really what we were doing today is going through what the expectations are that I have and, you know, what page I believe they should be on or they need to be on. And that's, you know, very, very, very clear in how we were, how we were, uh, go through that communication process. Um, you know, I want to turn to the roster. Um, I just want to start because um, the quarterback, you, you, you in, in a scrimmage, I know you, you played um, Keats, you played Casey, you played um, – JD, I believe, and then Stephon Brown. Mm-hmm. Um, we played Cooper Crick and Cooper too. Crick too. Okay, yep. uh, I know you. I talked to you a lot about um, Keats in the past about how you know what you're getting out of Keats. Uh, but what 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 about Stephon and JD? Do you uh, do you like and, and what do they each bring to the table? Yeah. I, mean, I think the entire room, it's a very talented room. Um, I, I like the room. I get to coach the room. Um, so I, I, I feel very strongly about that room. And, uh, you know, I think that each kid brings a different skill set, um, you know, to the table. I think, you know, Stefan is a kid that's really, really athletic. He's long, he's rangy, he's got a really good arm. Um, he's. Um, he's, he's got to work on consistency within his throwing motion to be consistent when he throws the football and then the overall grasp of the offense, you know, but he's a bright kid. He cares. Uh, he is uber competitive. Um, so I think that's one of the things that, that, that helps drive him. You know, JD is a, is a little bit green. He's a younger guy, probably throws the most natural ball out of anybody in the, in the room, um, has a really strong arm. Uh, a little bit more of a pocket guy than what he is of a of, of a runner. You know, Stefan can do both. We would move the pocket quite a bit with that kid. And, you know, JD's a little bit different in that he's a 
he's a quick release, you know, clean reads uh, type kid. So I think those guys are, are, are talented people and they need they need reps. Um, you know, Casey Bass and Cooper Crick are older guys. They understand the offense. Both of them uh, are going to operate better from the pocket and then the, in the in the quick game than what they are. You know, moving the ball, you know, moving the pocket and all those type of things. So I think the room's really talented. You know, obviously right now the guy that's that runs the room is Keats, and you know he 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 has the most control. And you know when Keats has been healthy, he's been really really good. I mean he's been dynamic. Um, but we, we made a priority that we needed to add depth to the room, and so we've added depth to the room, and we'll we'll see how the we'll see how the competition plays out this fall. Um, at running back, uh, you lost you lost T.J. Roberts, but I, I see you've got you got deep you you got deep. I know you signed quite a, quite a bit of guys that can play running back. Uh, this past recruiting class, and in twenty twenty. Uh, you signed Jace Gardner from Moore, who I believe had a pretty good fourth in the scrimmage. Uh, what about that room? Is there, because you need to be guys of different height, weight, skill sets. How would you go about, I guess, utilizing them and, and getting the most out of them? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's a great question because that's one of the question marks that we've got within our team. It's not a talent issue. It's an experience issue, and uh, I, I really like that room. I think it's as talented a room as we've had uh, from top to bottom. Um, we've, we've, you know, obviously you, you mentioned uh, Jace Gardner. I think Tucker Polly is a really solid player. You know, he's not a he's got not necessarily a guy that's going to be, you know, a 20, 20 carries a game guy necessarily. Mm-hmm. I don't think that he, and he knows that. That's not what we're looking for from him. You know he's a guy that's gonna gonna go in there and he's gonna be he's gonna be really sound in what he's doing. I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be able to play in a in a you know in a two back set a lot uh, with those with those with those guys. But you know I think him uh, Peyton Scott. You know Peyton Scott's you know had some reps here, played played and uh, done a good job. You know he's a really he's a really short compact kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he runs the zone schemes really good. Um, it's just a matter of keeping Peyton Scott healthy. You know, that's been the question mark with him. I think Jace has got a very, very high ceiling. You know, he's a big kid. He's thick. He runs with great pace. He's got nice feet. Um, you know, he's a he's a competitive kid. You could see that in that fourth quarter. And those are things that you got to see there in the fourth quarter is a lot of those young guys and new guys got to play. And you can see how – how talented that those young kids are. We've got some really talented kids in those younger groups. So, you know, I'm excited about those guys. I, I think that that's a good room. And then I, I think there's a couple of freshman kids that could play um, this year, and we'll see what happens. You know, we've got to do we've got to put them in the right situations, and uh, we've got to we've got to make sure that we don't put them in situations where they're not going to be successful. Right. Uh, so that's going to be a big job of Coach Ornelas. Uh, this fall is is putting those guys into competitive situations, but it's also going to be the job of the play caller of of not putting those guys in situations where, uh, especially the young ones, of you know I've got I've got a bunch of complicated you know protections you know that I've got to work through, and if, if we can keep them out of those uh, you know paralysis by analysis moments, I think we're going to be pretty good shape. Is those kids have been running with football their entire life. Right. You can turn around and hand it to them pretty easy. Um, at 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 H back, uh, you obviously you have you have Dante back, 
Um, you have a couple of other guys. What What do you like about that room? Because I noticed uh, um, you signed a couple, I believe, in 2020, and then you signed one, I believe, this year out of Mustang that I, I feel like is very talented. What is, is the room deeper now, and how... How will that position be used moving forward? Will it be used in a similar manner, or will you try to get Dante and those guys more touches? Yeah, no, that, that, that's a great question. It, it, a piece of, I think we've underutilized Dante McGee in our in our offense, I'll be really honest with you. Um, I think that's probably at the you know the top of that room with Dante McGee and Andrew Kilo, which you guys haven't seen Andrew Kilo, but those those are probably the the two most talented ki- the most talented room on the football team in that in that position. Those kids are really talented, and uh, I think we've got good depth. It's just inexperienced depth. It's a little bit like the like the running back position, but the top of that room is really really good, and uh, so it's a. You know, it's a it's a situation of how much can those guys handle, and we've been working that a lot. Andrew didn't get a work; he didn't get a play in the uh, the scrimmage against SNU. He he played in the scrimmage um, that we did. You know, just ourselves. We had a couple of scrimmages, and he was able to work in those. But he was he had a little slight ding where he wasn't able to compete in that deal. But he's different. He's a really really talented kid, and we're we're excited about what the, that room can do. Uh, from top to bottom, I think it's really good. And that, the young kids in that room, I think, are really good. Um, so we we signed two this past year, and Dominique Dunn, and and the other kid is Caleb Cunningham uh, from uh, Collinsville, and he is a really talented kid. Um, out wide, um, obviously you 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 return guys that have experience. Uh, Josh Moore, the statesman there. You got joining by his own fourth. Uh, Diego Richards, Austin Huddleston, but you've got some young guys in there. I know uh, Aaron Woodson had a pretty good scrimmage game. Um, obviously, we know the talent of Marquise King. So what what is it about that unit with the blend of experience you got and then the explosive young guys? I believe you got to sign a guy, I believe, from Choctaw that I think is really, really explosive, and, and you got a couple of more guys. What about that, that unit? Uh, do you do you like? Yeah, I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head. It, you've got some experience in there, and then you got some you got some very real talent. Uh, I think that's probably top to bottom. You know, top to bottom, that's probably the most talented room. Um, you know, within our football team, other than defensive line. You know, defensive line is probably by far the most talented football group that we've got. So. I think that the, it'll it'll be really fun this spring to, or this fall to see how those guys kind of work themselves out. You know who's who's going to be what position. Because at the end of the day, it, it it comes back to getting the best ones on the football field. That is a very very talented group, and you got some guys that can really stretch the field. Um, you've got some bigger kids in the group too that 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 can play. Um, in the intermediate passing game, you know, we've got some experienced kids like JB, Johnny Bazell, and you know, Josh Moore is getting healthy. You know, he'll he, he'll be healthy for like for the first time since he's been here. Uh, Diego Richards had probably as good a fall and spring as anybody on our football team, just as far as you know, taking steps forward and being a being a guy. So, I'm excited about that room. I think that's a competitive room. There's a high level of talent. Um, in the room and a lot of diversity within the skill sets. I mean, you sign some. We signed some freshman kids that are 
you know, six foot three and 220 pounds and can play. You know, we've, we've got three of them that I think are really, really good. And then you mentioned the kid from Choctaw. And then the kid that blew up the, the All-State game is Javen Wright. You know, and so there, there's some that's – a, that's a talented group. And uh, it'll be fun. I think that's a that's a great group to, to really really go into the season with. And the good thing about the group is, is I, I, those guys, guys like JB and Josh Moore, you have an older guy like Josh that's able to kind of corral the group, and, and he's not afraid to do that. So I, I really like that group, and Coach Rice has done a really good job. I'm going to Josh because Josh had a pretty good end to 2019. I think he had a pretty good three, four-game stretch there towards the end of the season. What 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 does he have to do, in your opinion, to take his make that next step? Yeah, stay healthy. You know, that that was the issue with Josh, you know, through the season is there was a, a nagging ankle here, there was a there was a toe. And just stay healthy. He's really talented and he can run. Um, he's he, he knows what he's doing. He can play all three positions. Um, so I, I feel re- I feel very strongly about Josh Moore and Diego Richards and, and what they can do as far as stretching the field, but then also, you know, being versatile with with what positions they're playing. Uh, up front of offensive line, I know you know in t- in twenty nineteen there were some injuries there and you shuffled some guys around. Uh, that seemed to be a focus in the twenty twenty class was up front offensive line. Um, you know, you I, I know you returned guys like Lane Grantham and Seth Carmack. Um, I noticed you moved Von Appleman from H back to offensive line. What what went into that decision? Yeah, uh, you know, it's just getting him on the field. Uh, we feel that he we felt that he was going to be. Uh, more serviceable as a tackle than he was going to be at the H back position, and and the reason being is that the top the depth at the top of that H back room, and Vaughn's a natural. He's got some natural ability to him. He's long. He's he's gained enough weight where he's up around two hundred ninety some odd pounds, and um, so he's obviously you know he's six foot seven. So you know he's got some length to him. It's going to give us an opportunity for to to allow him to be successful. I keep going back to its players. It's all player driven and putting those guys in the best situation where they can be successful. But we do have some experience on the interior of the of the offensive line. We feel really good about the interior. Uh, the, there's inexperience at the tackle position. There's talent at the tackle position, but it's inexperienced talent. There's two guys in particular that have played a lot of football at the tackle position, but they've just played it in junior college. Um, so they've been in the fire. Uh, so they understand it. It's just a matter of, you know, but then they've also been here for a year or two. So I don't I don't necessarily feel like those guys are inexperienced. I just feel they, they don't have game experience at our level in our conference. Um, yeah, I, I noticed, I meant to ask, I noticed about, you, you have added some JUCOs past couple of years. How do you determine, I guess, when is a good time to add a JUCO and how many? Like, what, what, what's the determining factor, I guess, and how you kind of go about adding junior college transfers? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, I don't know that there's a, there's an exact science to it, um, We've gotten right now. We're to the point where we feel really good about the young guys, then the developmental guys that we've gotten within our program, the high school kids that we've signed, the junior college kids that we're signing now are only going to be guys that we feel like can come in and play now. 
Uh, so those, those are the only ones that we're going to take. If we're signing a transfer kid, he needs to be really, really talented. And so that's the, what that's what we're taking right now. And we don't care what position. If they're really talented, then they got a shot. You know, so that's that's kind of how we're handling the junior colleges now. Used to be, you know, and you mentioned the growth of the roster. It, we would we would we would take a little bit more of a gamble on some guys, and now we don't have to. Right. We feel like we've got enough depth that the only way that we would need to take a guy from a junior college ranks is if he's uber talented and can come in and play right now. Uh, on the defensive front, you mentioned you believe it's the most talented position uh, on the team. Uh, th- there was a very impressive class you signed there in 2020, Zane Adams, uh, Hunter Large, and Montel Cozart, among others. Uh, I know that was kind of a sore spot in, two- in 2019 with the lack of pressure and sacks. What about this group uh, makes you so high on them and believe that they can reverse that trend uh, this-, this-, this season? Yeah, I, I think that uh, you know we've been able to ra- add the right kids. I think that's been the, I think that's the key to recruiting is is adding the right kids, and we've got them to stay. Um, we 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 had in nineteen we had a lot. Of, you know, we, you you asked the question about transfers. We had too many. You know, in nineteen uh, at that position, and uh, I think now we've got some stability at the position. You still got guys, kind of the elder statesmen. Um, at the position, guys like like Derek Shaw and, and Joseph Roki and um, you know those guys that, that have been in they've been in some battles now you know and then you've got some you've got some really talented other guys that have we've been able to bring in and get experience over the course of, of um, these last couple of years so we feel you'll see when when we, when fall camps that that group that group looks different that's a different group I mean, we're long. And we, we were explosive at that position. Uh, we'll, we'll have some interior pressure that we didn't necessarily have in, 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 in previous years, but that is a really talented group. And that, I think that Coach Sanders has done as good a job as anybody on our staff um, of just of, of, of finding, finding, finding the, the, the right balance of being hard on those guys, but then also having some love to them you know and and that's the that's I think that's that's key in that room because you're going to have some edgy kids in the defensive line group and we do and but but you'll you'll see when camp starts that's a different room um that we look completely different than we did in 19 so we're excited about the group I think there's good leadership in the room um it's it's going to be a lot of fun to watch that group develop I uh, know you're you're also deeper there too from a number standpoint. Uh, you know you've got you got some older guys. You brought some transfers in. I uh, says I saw from A and M King Kingsville, Mike Pope from Missouri State, uh, Dion Woods. Um, how important is it to have that depth on the defensive line? Because I feel like it kind of gets overlooked sometimes about how important it truly is to have a rotation and and mm-hmm. keeping guys fresh. So how. How much of a focus was that, I guess, these past couple of seasons trying to develop that, and then how important will that be moving forward? Yeah, that's a great question because I think defensive line is one of the hardest positions to play because it's such a high-effort position. It's such a uh, anaerobic energy system position. You're, you're, it's three or four seconds of chaos running into another 300-pound person and trying to get away from him. Mm. You know, right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of violence and sudden movements within the position 
So really from a philosophical standpoint is you don't want to be pass rushing with guys that have been in the football game for six football plays. So you want to, if you can get them to third down, you want to have fresh people on the football field that are able to get you off the football field. I don't know that we've always been able to do that here. Um, the best years that we've had where we've been the best defensive line groups that we've had, you know, dating back to the Kenny Allens, Deontay Wilson, Carson Smith, Collis Walkers, you know, having having groups like that. This this group, I believe, is more talented than those groups. It's a matter of getting the rotations right. Um, it's three plays and get them out. Three plays and get them out, and and make sure that you got the right people on the football field in situational football. I was going to ask about that because how how do you determine? I guess with, with such a such a young new group, how do you go about determining? The rotations. What 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 goes into that? I think that's the easiest thing, is because it goes back to competition. Is we ain't got to pull anybody's teeth to make them play. <laughs> I mean, if we're, if we're having to if we're having to pull your teeth to get you to go, then somebody else is going to take your spot. And that's to me the, the the great piece of the the push and the love that Coach Sanders does with that group is that hey man. I'm just going to teach you what I know. I'm going to teach you the scheme. I mean, how hard you play, that's up to you. If you're unwilling to play hard, then you can't play because I'm going to plug the next one in. I mean, nobody's got, nobody's got a spot locked. Right. Um, at linebacker, I know you you, you, you do lose uh, Dylan Hall, Byron, Byron Burns. I know sometimes in coverage, the, real, the wheel route, I remember against, I think it was Fort Hayes, uh, that was really a problem. Um, but you do return. Marlo Hughes is back healthy. Uh, you added a transfer uh, from Eastern New Mexico, Lamontre Huval. Um, you added some guys the past couple of seasons that I think are really good in coverage. Uh, what about that group will be different from the unit you filled in 2019? Yeah, it's, it, you said it. I mean, and you're right. It's it's a more athletic group. Um, it's guys that can. That can play both in the pass game and the and the run game. Um, it's a, I, I think getting Marlo Hughes back is a is a huge deal. If we can keep Marlo healthy, he's an explosive kid. Just he he plays the game the right way. He loves football. Um, uber athletic guy. Um, I think you know guy like Jason Harris, who can really control the interior, um, is 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 a valuable piece. And then the you know guys like. Guys like Lamontre Huval, guys, you know, some of the young guys that we've got in the room. Elijah Wright is going to be another one that I think will be really, really good. Uh, Jaden Mullen is another one. Um, so that's a that's a strong room, and you're going to play you're going to play more five DBs than you're going to play, you know, three linebackers. You know, and we have enough. We we also have a field that, you know, in the passing game, you you we're, we're pretty position specific. You know, with the, with that group, and obviously there's a different scheme. Um, you know, I think that you know, you know, you mentioned the issues. You're always going to be worried about wheel routes from the backfield um, at the outside linebacker position, especially into the boundary. Uh, that stuff happens all the time, and and so I think it's a uh, you know, it's a it's a it's a position that I feel very strongly about. I feel like they can they can play the game. They can do what we're asking them to do, and I think there's some young kids in that room that are going to really surprise people and push those older kids. Um, I want to ask about Lamontre because uh, looking at his numbers uh, for Eastern Mexico, they were pretty impressive. What 
What about Lamontre as a player do you do you like? He's really he's just he's really athletic. I mean, he can run. Um, he's he's two twenty something like that. But he's an athletic kid. Um, you know, he's played football. You know, played at NEO, and then went to Eastern New Mexico. Um, you know, he's a Louisiana kid, but he, uh, but he's a really talented kid. I think here, there's, you know, how he develops in competitive situations uh, will be really important um, as we as we move forward. Um, I also noticed that some of the linebackers, I believe, some of them played kind of a, like a hybrid in high school. Some were kind of safeties. How, I guess, how important is that to know now they have that coverage skills? And how much of an adjustment, I guess, would it be from somebody playing more of a safety in high school to now playing more of a linebacker in college? Uh, it's easier to move them forward than to move them back. So we err, we err more on the side of recruiting big defensive backs and moving them down rather than signing small linebackers and hoping we can move them back. Does that make sense? Right. So right. That, that's kind of the, the thought process that we have. Um, we haven't always been right. You know, this scheme is a little bit different than what we were running when when Coach Pickett was was here. Schematically, it's a little different. Um, so there's going to be there's going to be fewer coverage responsibilities for those linebackers. But also, you know, those guys are when they are in coverage. You know, they we have guys that know know how to do it you know a prime example is a kid by the name of Jonathan Mosley that's he's in the safety rotation but can move down and he can play outside linebacker too uh, so there's a lot of versatility with those kids uh, you mentioned Jonathan Mosley and I wanted to transition to the defensive back because looking at the roster now I remember talking to you a couple of years ago and you pointed to a guy like Daniel Bauman with the length and telling me that that's what you wanted to get moving forward mm-hmm. how I guess I should say People who might not know, why is it important to have that kind of size in the secondary? Yeah. Well, I think it, it, it's a scheme thing. To me, it, it, if you're on, you know, if you, if, you, if you can disrupt routes, that disrupts the timing of the quarterback. And at the end of the day, that's the most important guy on the field on the offensive side of the ball. And if I can disrupt timing by getting hands on people and making people take secondary releases, then I've got a chance to, If I even if I don't get to the quarterback, which obviously you mentioned the lack of sacks in 2019, um, if I don't get to the quarterback, at least I can disrupt the route concept and possibly create an errant throw. And so that, that's, the, that's the philosophy. Now, you just don't want to – a lot of times, the longer they get, the stiffer they get. You know, the lead, the less mobile they get, so you don't. There's a there's a happy medium in there that I think that you got to be really careful with. So, we like long defensive backs because the other piece of it is is it's 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 space. The game is space. The uh, the more more times that we can put hands on people, the way we can take away space. One thing you can't teach is size. You can't teach speed. Um, so if we can take space away. You know that's 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 a piece of it that we want to really concentrate on on the defensive side of the ball. Um, Daniel Bauman in two nineteen uh, took a really big step forward. I think he was top ten in pass pass breakups. He had a nice pick against Northeastern State. Uh, what about his development um, from his redshirt freshman season until now, and kind of being 
um, one of the elder statesmen back there now. What, what how, how, how have you seen the growth of Daniel? Yeah. And Daniel's had kind of an up and down career. You know, he, he uh, he's not a thick kid. He's he's a he's a he's a thin guy. Um, but he's very athletic, can really run, extremely fluid uh, individual. Has 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 you know had games where he was really really good. Um, where he's where he's really probably developed the most, and we're expecting a big season out of Daniel is is his ability to play with better pad level. So his lack of uh, his lack of, I don't know if there's a better word for it. His lack of girth. You know, he doesn't get thrown around in man coverage. You, you know what I'm saying? Right. You know, when he plays with better pad level, he doesn't get jerked around as much. And um, that that game that that game on the edge is physical, and and that's what I don't think that people understand is how violent uh, route running is, and how how difficult that is for defensive backs. So um, that's that's the step forward that I think that that we're looking for with Daniel. And then you know he's a He's a he's a guy that's that's bought into what we're trying to do and bought into how we're trying to do it. Um, using three starters there, um, both your safeties, uh, Jakari Hunt and then O'Shea and then uh, a Kobe uh, at the other corner. Who who are some of the guys you you're looking at uh, at those positions? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think you know we've we've got a strong group here on campus. It's a you know I think that you know Marshall Washington and Dylan Buckeye and Jonathan Mosley. Uh, set you up with three safeties that you feel really, really good about. Those guys are, are talented kid. Dylan Buckeye played as a true freshman in 2019 and did a real good job. I think he's really kind of taken over the lead in that room. Um, you know, so he's he's a very talented kid and a real headsy guy that just understands the game. I'm, I'm looking for a big season from from Dylan. Um, you know, Marshall's a guy that's that's played a bunch of football in in, in his day. He's a big, good-looking kid that's that's um, you know going to be physical in the run game. Um, he's a very heady kid. He understands what we're doing there in the back end. I think Jonathan Mosley probably has the highest ceiling um, out of the whole group just because of how versatile he is. I mean, he's a very headsy guy. Um, can play the nickel, can play the free, can play the strong, can even go down and play outside linebacker at times. So I'm excited about him. And then there's some other kids in that group. I think there's some true fret. There's at least one, I think, that, that can possibly play this year in the true freshman group. Um, had a great high school season, one of the best high school seasons in the country um, this past year. So I, he's just a headsy kid. He's a lot like Dylan Buckeye. He, you know, so I'm um, excited about that group. Um, the secondary, you know, the corners and, and so forth, uh, I think that's a talented group. Guys like John Smith, um, you know, come to mind, Dantes Fagan. Um, those guys are, are, are very talented kids. Keyshawn Murray has, has done a good job for us. Uh, there's a couple transfer kids that we'll have in that in that group as well. Really long kids that are, um, you know, coming into the group. So I feel good about the secondary group. It's just finding the right combination uh, is going to always be key. There is finding the right combination of kids that that are going to come in and, and are going to compete at the level that you want them to compete at. Uh, you mentioned Dylan. Uh, he, he did a lot as a freshman. I, I thought he, he did a solid job. What do you need to see from him? Take that next step. Yeah, leadership. I, I, I think him him taking control of that room, that like he's done. I, COVID was a little bit of a blessing for him too, 
in that he was able to really kind of establish himself and and he sets the tone in the room he sets the he, he sets the pace with that group of kids so i'm excited about him and i, I think he has taken that next step now he's got to do it in a game mm-hmm. um special teams wise you you return um alice corvetto a kicker how, how important is it to have an established, experienced kicker like Alex. Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's really important. I think it's one of the most important positions on the on the football team is to be able to get points when when you should get points. And uh, you know, it's it's really hard to push the ball into the red zone. And obviously, you want to score touchdowns when you get into the red zone. But if you don't, you know, you've got to be able to put points on the board. And and I think that that is a big deal. And then obviously, extra points, being able to convert in the extra, you know, with extra points. But I, I think one of the greatest things that he does uh, is is how he kicks off, um, being able to create coverage, you know, and, and the height that he gets on the ball, the hang time that he gets on the ball, but also creating, you know, getting that ball deep enough to where we can, our coverage unit can get where it needs to get. So I feel, I feel really good about Alex. I think he's one of the best in the country, not just the conference. I think he's really talented. Uh, you're, you're, you're losing, I believe, your long snapper, your punter, and then Dustin Bosco's the holder. Um, what what have you seen from uh, Francisco Moreno in the punting game? And then who who are you looking towards as far as long snapper and holder? Yeah, I, I think that um, I think those are really important positions. I coach the special teams. Um, you know, we're going to have good competition at the punter punter position. Um, I think that that's a that's a position that I, that'll be hot, highly contested, and we'll really work those guys this spring and put those guys in situations where they've got to they've got to perform in front of in front of people. Uh, so I, I think that's going to be a, a, a highly contested position. But Francisco's done a good job since he's been here. He's improved a lot. Um, there's there's uh, there's pieces of his game that are are really really good. Then there's other pieces of it where he's got to he's got to really he's got to really work and concentrate. So, you know, the snapper position is going to be good competition as well. Uh, it's in all likelihood going to be Casey Base. He's done a good job this you know through the through the fall and through the spring, putting himself in a good situation as for and getting the work in with those guys to, to where they they trust him. I think at the snapper position, that's more of it than anything, is 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 trust. If those guys are, are, if they trust you, that that clears the the kicker, that clears the punter's mind. If they trust that the snap's going to be there every time, they don't have to worry about anything. And holder will be holder will be an interesting, you know, interesting position. We've got four guys that we feel good about that can possibly hold, and um, you know, who's going to win that competition? That really comes back to you know what does the what does the kicker like. And it's not, that's not really, I never make that my call. It's usually the kicker's call as long as the, the holder isn't somebody that's going to completely blow his, blow his mind, you know. So that's, you know, and then a lot of it depends on, you know, who's going to be on the bus. You know, if I know that a guy's going to be on the bus and, you know, he likes somebody else holding, well, maybe that's not the holder that you're going to use because there's limited space on the bus. Right. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that's that's the that's the piece of it, and we try to we try to determine that pretty early, you know, so he can get only work with that individual. And then I think something that needs to take place as well is that all right, if there's an injury, you know, who's the backup holder, and how much work has been hap- happening with that individual? So the kicker's got to have 
the kicker's got to have trust in those guys. Uh, and then as far as the return units, who are you looking kind of as candidates there? Man, there's a bunch of guys. Got you know Diego's Diego Richards has done it. You know Marquise King will be a guy that we're going to look at to do that. Um, you know some of those young kids we've got. Um, some of those freshman guys I think can do it. They're real natural at it. Um, you know so that that'll be a position and we'll we'll have to work through this fall. And and Coach Ornelas is going to he coaches the returners. Uh, but a big piece of that is guys that you know from punt punt return perspective. First thing guys got to do is catch football. If he's not going to catch the ball, he can't be back there, because then you lose yardage. You know all the hidden yardage after the ball bounces and all those type of things. I mean, Johnny Bazell's a guy that I'm going to trust that he's going to catch it. It's just is he going to scoop with it? Right. You know, and I'd rather have a guy that just catches it rather than a guy that catches it every now and then. And then kick returns a little bit different. You just don't. You want guys at that position that aren't going to stop their feet. I don't need a guy that's going to try to bring everything one side or the other. I want a guy that's going to hit a hole, you know, and, and that's how you have to you have to run that position is we don't want guys that are going to slow down in traffic. We just got to have guys that are going to go through it. Right. Uh, I want to circle back here before we end. Um, mm-hmm. It gets Southern Nazarene in the fourth quarter. Um, Stephon didn't need to come back. What did you see from Stephon in the fourth in that comeback situation? Yeah, Steph, Steph's a competitive kid. You know, he he, he – you know, he didn't practice that whole week, you know, because he wasn't cleared yet. He hadn't, you know, NCAA hadn't made that determination. So he didn't practice really. So everything was pretty basic with him. We just wanted him to get out there and go compete. And he did that. He went and competed. He made his fair share of mistakes. Mm-hmm. You know, there were some mistakes, you know, with a fumble and all that stuff. But Stefan's a competitive kid. And I think that's what's going to be so fun in that entire quarterback room is how competitive that room is. I mean, we had all those guys over to my house and, Watching the game of basketball that broke out on you know with with uh, those guys in my backyard was a lot of fun. So <laughs> it's uh, they, I mean everything they're doing is competing, and I, I, that's that's probably where I'm most excited about our football team is how competitive we are um, as a as a team and competitive with each other. You know once we once we get into the game, well that we know they'll compete against other people, but they're competing against each other, and that's a lot of fun right now. Um, finally, what are you looking forward to most this upcoming season? Boy, that's a tough question because there's so many things I'm looking forward to. I mean, I'm looking forward to playing, you know, getting back in front of fans, you know, getting back in front of our fans here here at Wantman. I'm, I'm excited about that. I, uh, you know, our kids. I like our football team. Um, it's a it's a it's a fun group to be around. I think we're I think we're as talented as we've been since I've been here. Um, it's making sure that those guys are all moving in the same direction. I think there's really good chemistry within the locker room. Our guys like each other. Um, I think I think the other piece of it is is just just getting back to competing. You know, it's 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 one thing to compete against yourself in practice and how hard that is. I'm I'm looking forward to how our guys are going to compete with something on the horizon. You know, you actually all right. We're 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 24 days away from playing our first game or whatever that ends up being, you know, those guys have something that they're working towards now rather than, man, we're practicing for September 2 of 2021. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you're at September 2 of 2020, <laughs> that's a little, that's a big difference. Right. You know, when you're, when you're a month away from it rather than being a year away from it, I think the, the, the motivation is going to be different. Um, 
I, I, I'm looking forward to getting out there and having a having fall camp. You know, the the time that you you get in, you get in the morning, you get in, you get in early, and you leave late. And that sounds crazy, but you know, you're doing that. It's wall to wall football for two weeks, and uh, I mean, camp's different. You know, camp camps. You know, we 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 went without camp last year. You know, and and. Uh, having camp this year is going to be really cool you know just because you hadn't done it in a while mm-hmm. and you know going over and eating lunch in the cafeteria together going and eating dinner in the cafeteria together everybody's all on the same you know same schedule you know and and pushing through damn I don't feel very good today <laughs> you know? and, but I mean that's that's part of the fun of fun of camp you know I I, I, I don't know. It's, it's just I'm a little bit nostalgic when it comes back to that stuff, just because I, I I believe in the purity of purity of 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 the game, and part of the game is camp, part of the game is fans, part of the game is the you know having to having to overcome some adversity. We're gonna have some tough stuff this year that's gonna happen because COVID protocols, whatever it may be, I think it's gonna come back to who can adjust uh, the best. Um, not not who can adjust, it's who can adjust the best, mm-hmm. and who's got enough depth uh, to play the game. So we're we're excited about it. Uh, I love our team. I I love the group that we've got. Um, you know, I think they've got a chip on their shoulder, as do I, with some of the preseason stuff. And yeah, I thought we were six. Yeah, six. I think. Well, I think that's no, kind we were, of. <laughs> we were eight and nine. Oh really? What? Oh wow, that's. Yeah. So, uh, so there's a little bit of a chip on the shoulder there, and that's fun. So, be good. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to me, and I, I look forward to the season um, September 2nd, yep. Thursday against Missouri Western. So, I'm uh, really looking, looking forward to that, and thank you. That'll be fun. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it, John. So, uh, once again, I appreciate Coach uh, taking the time and coming on. But I don't know about you, you all, but after hearing that, I, I, I'm excited for the musical football um, I got to see a couple of the guys while waiting with my man, uh, Chris Brannick. Again, shout out to my man. Chris Brannick does a lot behind the scenes, make this kind of stuff happen for us. Um, and some of the guys that were walking by that I remember seeing in 2019, uh, we look bigger, they look stronger, and that's always a very, very good thing. Um... He mentioned a couple of names. One name he mentioned um, after we ceased the interview was uh, Rayshon Wicks. Uh, he is high on Rayshon Wicks. Just be on the lookout for uh, Rayshon Wicks. I believe he was a walk-on. I think he he, he is from South Morgan. He's from South Morgan. Looking at him right now, six foot one seventy. Uh, he is high on Mr. Wicks. So just be on the lookout there. Uh, overall, I'm, I'm thinking that the pass rush, as we know, that was a short spot and then with uh, 13 and a half sacks, most of that coming in the last five or six games of the season, and half of those from the now departed uh, Draquan Brown, who won a championship in the Spring League of this past season with the linemen. So I do want to give Draquan Brown there a shout-out. That is a huge uh, accomplishment there. Uh, he did have a big uh, from from the recovery on national television, which it took him forever to uh, say the man's name. 
Now I'm sitting there waiting for him to say Drakon Brown's name and Joel Clatter around there beating around the bush. I had to watch the replay about four times before they finally said the man's name. But they, it, 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 was, it was a very impressive play. Uh, it was a botch snap, and Draquan came off the edge, as he did so many times for UCO, and uh, scooped it up there, and, and it, it gave him, I believe, the drive ended in a field goal or a touchdown. So, uh, But again, I'm happy for Draquan there, and uh, hopefully he will get his shot in one of the pro leagues here. Uh, at some point in the very near future, but uh, but again, uh, uh, we the deep, the deep, like Coach said, you know, almost two full classes now. Um, you know, you're getting bigger at receiver. You got some explosive guys out there at wide receiver. Uh, you know, running back as you listen to in the Coach O interview, deep unit. Uh, talented unit. Again, I, I'm still high on Jace Gardner. There could be some bias there. I saw the man play for three years and more and was an absolute beast. Um, the H-back room, you know, uh, he, you know, Coach Cook mentioned uh, Andrew Kilo, the Kansas transfer. Uh, and obviously, we have Dante McGee, who is an absolute stud. Up to 270 now. Good grief, man. I remember when he signed like a 220-pound running back. But uh, Dante McGee is a is an absolute stud here. Hopefully, he does get more looks in the offense. Uh, you know, at, at, at linebacker, you know, as we saw, the, the wheel routes was a problem. I don't think that that be as much a problem this year. As Coach mentioned, new defensive coordinator, uh, Dustin Landry from West Georgia, I do believe he's going to use some more 5DB sets. So, uh, and linebackers that do have, you know, you're getting Marlo Hughes back, which, which, which is huge because, again, I'm going to say this again to the Cows come home, who's having a breakout season there before the shoulder injury. Uh, you, you, got, you got him, you know, he, he, was, he was a converted safety. Uh, you got a couple of guys there, uh, Caden Wolford out of Meeker and then Jaden Mullen out of Millwood, more athletic coverage type guys. Eliza Wright is a guy coaches high on. Um, obviously, you have the big senior transfer, Lamontre, who all of you recall during signing day. Man's stats were off the charts. Uh, and uh, so, and then Jason Harris, who, who again is also a, a very solid linebacker. Uh, also, look out for Joe May Tubby. Again, if his tape from Shawnee is any indication. Uh, this man could be a difference maker. Uh, this man could be a very, very good difference maker. Uh, you know, then on the defensive front, like I said, you know, bringing in, bringing in guys. Uh, Jordan Lavoo, I think he 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 had a heck of a juco stat line. Uh, Dion Woods got the length at six six. Mike Pope follows him on Twitter. He had a he he started the OU game from Missouri State. I remember him signing, and then I remember not seeing him on the roster. Then I then I recall him tweeting out that he transferred back in. So, uh, but uh, again, another very talent talent talented guy. Says I saw experienced uh, all conference guy from A and M Kingsville. So very good looking unit there. Uh, you know, quarterback obviously. We got Keith back. We all know what the Keith can do. Is hopefully Keith can stay healthy. I, 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 you know, I'm, a, I'm a big Keith, Keith guy. I feel like Keith can start for a lot of programs out there. 
uh, just unfortunate for him. The injuries just uh, have just been a sore spot. But Shafon Brown, now, you know, one of the few guys I did see, um, I did see Keats. I saw Keats. I saw Josh Moe, I appreciate the follow on Twitter the other day. Uh, and uh, Stephon Brown. And, you know, I'm going to just tell you, Stephon Brown's a very, 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 very big man. Okay, I'm going to just, just, just go ahead and clear that out now. He's long, and the way he carries himself, okay, I, I was impressed. I, I really was. Um, it's going to be a heck of a quarterback comp competition. Now. I, I, I know coaches on both him uh, and Keats. Um, I think Casey is going to be competing for the long snapper job. So, you know, well, hopefully he can he can get some, some meaningful playing time. Uh, so I'm I'm really curious to see who emerges from that battle. Um, I'm confident with either guy because obviously we know what what what, what Keith can do as relation to what Coach said about House to Farm against Southern Naz against Southern Naz Southern Nazarene really didn't practice uh, that whole week and then you know it came in in that in that fourth and led the comeback. So. Um, that's obviously a very promising, promising sign. Offensive line, you know, like, like Coach said, we've got a couple of Jucos that he's high on. And then obviously, you know, you have Lane Grantham back, uh, Alex Eichler back, Seth Carmack back. So you've got some, you got some experience there. you got some really good-looking young guys. Uh like Garrett Human, that 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 tape was just straight up pancakes and mauling guys to death. So really, again, just all around, I'm um, I'm really looking forward to the season. I, I I I really think, I really think that town level and, and Coach Ludi too said this is the most talented team that he's had. Uh, I'm I'm. I'm high on this team. I'm high on the past two recruiting classes. I really think now that the gap is closing. You know, I said this. I uh, remember if it was at the 2021 signing day or the 2020 signing day. But regardless, I did say that I feel like the gap is closing. I felt like in certain positions, uh, UCO was up there with the top of the conference. Like, you know, obviously you, you had the, 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 the combination of Chad Stallard, JT Looper, Josh Crockett, Gailey Curry, and Clay, Clay McKenzie. There weren't much in the, in the conference that were better than those group of men at their positions. But, you know, across the board, you still were not in that upper echelon and showed when we played those teams. Now I'm feeling we're getting the talent level across the board. We're getting we're getting big physical in in both trenches. Here we're getting athletic in in the in the back seven on defense. We're getting longer, especially in in the second day. A lot of DBs now are over six feet tall. Uh, you know, in the in the running back room, which has kind of been an issue due to injuries. I mean, deeper there, more talented there. Receiver again, like I said, you saw banged up unit 
last time played. We got deeper, got more talented, got faster, got 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 bigger there. You know, quarterback has not really been the problem. The problem for the quarterback has been health, because obviously Keats has success, uh, Chandler has success, Will Collins has success. He, he, even in in his two stars, Brandon George had some mockerum of success, and I, I'm confident that it is the Fallen Browns number is called. He will have success. So uh, to me, and and then obviously at, at uh, eighth back, Dante McGee is best in the conference. You can Zach Davidson might have had him the past couple of seasons. I believe he was a fifth round pick of the Vikings out of Central Missouri. I will give him that. But Dante McGee right now, I I dare you to name me a better H back, tight end, whatever you want to call it, in the conference besides Dante McGee, because you probably can't. So if he's getting more involved in the in the in in the offense, then I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, I, you know, we got some new coaches in there, Coach Green on the offensive line. Uh, Coach Rice, Coach Sanders on the defensive line. So I'm I'm really looking looking forward to it. Coach is rated by the staff. Uh, so again, very promising season. I'm wrap it up here by reading off the schedule. Again, the season opener September second, Thursday, seven p.m. against Missouri Western inside of Wharton Stadium. Uh, then we go uh, at 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 Emporia. Another 7 p.m. kickoff. There's actually quite, there's actually quite a bit of 7 p.m. kickoffs this year. There's be about four of them, five of them, which is a change. Usually it's the first two games, uh, but uh, you know, there's, there's, there's quite a bit. So you got Emporia at seven on the road, followed by a home game against Missouri Southern, who is bringing in a new coach. Uh, that is at 7 p.m. Then we get the first 130 game is a road game against Northwest Missouri. I, that game, that game to me is going to be a huge measuring stick. Because you recall in 2019, let's just not mince words here, uh, it was a 59 10 beatdown. Uh, it was a very bad game. Not much went right for you in that game. And I think it was apparent in that game that there was. A, a a gap. There, 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 there was a, there was a gap, even against Missouri and Fort Hayes. You still, I think you saw that. You saw that. What I think my coach said here is a talented, is more talented roster. This to me is going to be a huge, a huge measuring stick because even if there's mistakes again, given the youth. As long as you're seeing potential and some flashes there, that you know what, when this group becomes sophomores and juniors and seniors, we really compete with these dudes week in and week out. I think that will be in itself a victory in a way. Now, obviously, you want to win the game, but if you see that, way, if you if you get what I'm saying here, you just want to see these guys. Be able to compete with them for four quarters. Uh, I believe last year, not last year, but 2019, that game, Fort Hayes, Central uh, Missouri, it was about a quarter, quarter and a half. I remember Central Missouri got to a fast start. Uh, 
and then we were down by only I think like seven or ten at 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 the at the half, but then the same on second half got bad. It was the same one, same with Fort Hayes. So if we can compete for four quarters there with the youth and inexperience, that's a positive sign. Then we get the home game at two p.m. against Lincoln. Now that and um, as we know, I checked Lincoln's roster. Obviously, you have uh, Jose Franklin, an absolute stud at running back. Uh, but uh, I, I did, did that should be, uh, you know, you know how it's going to go. Uh, then, which is unfortunate to me, we're Northeastern State in the middle of the season. And I mean, I, I, why? 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 That, that, that's like the equivalent of. Of if of 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 OU moving Bedlam to like week four, you you just you don't you don't do that, man. It's just oh, and it puts on a Thursday. Like come on, oh. But regardless, on Thursday at seven p.m. inside Tahlequah. Now I will say, I will say because I do keep up with Northeastern State. Uh, they are an improved team. Now, how much, I don't know. But I do know that even though they got shut out by Tarleton State, we beat the brakes off New Mexico State. Um, they were competitive in that game from a defensive standpoint. I believe they had a, they had a couple of sacks in there. I think a couple of turnovers. Now, 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 now the offense obviously failed to, failed to score. That's kind of going to be a struggle for them. But they are an improved ball club. So just... I don't know if we can hang any two on them again, but I just know they are an improved team. Still, still got a ways to go. Uh, then another 7 p.m. kickoff the following week at Fort Hayes. 2 p.m. home game versus Washburn. Uh, 1 p.m. at Pitt State. 2 p.m. against Kearney for senior night. And then 1 p.m. at Central Missouri on November 13th. So, uh, again, I'm looking forward to it here in 5 and 6 injury plague season, uh, 2019. You know what I'm thinking? You know, health, we stay healthy. Right? We do have some experienced guys back, depending on how well we gel, we click. Low end, man. Pitch there, they got a, they got a new new coach down there. Uh, Curry lost a lot. Low end, I'm thinking six. Just we're looking at worst case scenario. The inexperience, we got mistakes, we got growing pains. Uh, I, I still think. Six is probably the floor. Now, if everything goes well, come out the gate swinging, gelling, you know, there isn't those youthful mistakes. But, you know, Coach did that the biggest thing at a, at a lot of things is just getting game reps. So, if guys are able to play, be, be, be play, able to play beyond their years, you know, seven, eight wins is possible. But I, I'm kind of tapering it because of the fact that Especially early in the season, you know, a lot of guys that are going to play don't have a lot of reps yet. And that's something that you just really can't replicate in practice. So, uh, 
Me, but regardless, though, I'm looking forward to it. The future should be bright. And uh, again, September 2nd, 7 p.m. kickoff, Missouri Western. Be there, be square, because, uh, you know, it, 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 it should be a good one. It, it really should be should be a good one, regardless of who we have out there at, at QB1. Um, you know, it should still be a good one. And I'm looking forward to uh, being back in the Wildlands Stadium press box. I missed this tremendously. Um, and I, whenever, whenever I was driving up to the performance center and drove out the field, I mean, I, a big smile, you know, just broke out on me. I mean, it, it's it's just, it's it's so good. It's so good to be back, and, uh, and 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 so you know, I really appreciate it. Finally, before I go here. Let me give a shout out to um, head baseball coach John Martin and new AD Stan Wagon. I, I, I appreciate it. They um, they walked by when I was waiting to uh, talk talk to coach, and they they did speak, and so I, I do appreciate it. John Martin has a heck of a program going. Um, you know, just sending like the pitchers left and right to the majors. So. Uh, you know, I, I expect nothing less from the baseball program. But uh, so until September 3rd, uh, when we recap, hopefully, a season opening win. My name is Jonathan Goodall, a.k.a. J.G. Smooth. I'll talk to you all later.